Welcome everyone, I'm your host Demetria Head and I hope you all are enjoying this very nice weather as we make the transition over the next several weeks into summer. This is episode two of A Look Inside and I have five short books I've been reading over the past couple of weeks. I will be sharing those with you all and I think they all are tote bag worthy so you'll definitely want to put these on your TBR list. I'll share those with you when we return to A Look Inside. Welcome back. We're going to get into my tote bag recommendations. It seems like the theme for the week is faith and resilience. Today I have five more books for you and I think you'll breeze right through them. However, you'll want to read them again and again because there's so much information inside. You'll find yourself learning something different each time or there may be some things in these books that you didn't pick up the first time or that you find yourself interpreting in multiple ways every time you read it. So let's get into the first book I've been thoroughly enjoying by Brenda Elizabeth Henry. It's called The Events of My Life Are My Proof of God's Existence. Now, for those of you among my listening audience who consider yourselves Christian or in spiritual alignment with God, or even those of you who are searching for God or trying to reconnect with God, this book will definitely reignite and redirect your path. I have three words to describe it. Uncompromising, encouraging, inspiring. The author shares a very personal journey with us by retelling specific events of her childhood and what it was like growing up during a time when racism was even more prevalent, family dysfunctions were not always addressed in the black community, and telling on adults was even taboo. But the surprising thing that her mother did was defy all those taboos and encourage her children to stand up against violations, predatorial encounters, and anything else that was considered wrong. She taught them hard lessons and how to face the harsh realities of the truth. Then the story transitions into Brenda's experiences throughout her teens and adulthood. Being a teen mom, but avoiding having to face the responsibilities of motherhood. She relives decisions and choices that she made. But she also shares her teaching moments that brought her through life. What I love about how the author shares her many experiences, good and bad, is how she uses scriptural references that put the events of her life in perspective. Everything she shares has shaped her life in some way, shape, or form. 
Anyone reading this book and in need of answers or a fresh perspective and how to look at things that have unfolded in their own lives through different lenses, you have the most to gain from Brenda's book. Not only will you be able to relate to familial experiences, but also the racist and colorist experiences that many black women and men have faced in school and in corporate America. Let me share a quick excerpt with you before we move on to the next book. Sometimes to escape my thoughts and forget my work experience, I smoked weed and drank beers and liquor with Uncle George. I took care of my baby, spent time with Grandma Elsie, and meditated quietly over the memories of my life. It wasn't an escape at all. Instead, I felt sad on the inside and so sorry for every bad thing that had happened. I was in my early 20s, and felt 65 years old. When I returned to work every night, same thing. I was slow as, stupid as, and a host of other bad names. With everyone shouting and cursing at me to do this or that, I was actually a confused slow ass, stupid ass, dummy, running around, doing almost nothing. Now, let's take a look inside the pages of Brenda's other book, An Unfair Shake. It overlaps with many of her experience in the previous book, but what I think An Unfair Shake does is it shows the stark contrast between the lives of her black grandmothers and her white grandmothers, while also painting the harsh realities of racism, not only among society, but within families. Brenda further shares her experiences coming up in the Baptist church and the Catholic church and how each had an impact on her faith in God and her path to spirituality on a deeper level. I love how she incorporated the advice of Mr. Walden, who seemed to have shaped her life in many ways and presented principles that she could apply whenever faced with injustices or questions of her faith. I have a snippet of a page I want to share with you. How does a child or anyone else penetrate or undo the lifelong practice of hate that is cemented in a person's character. My grandma Elsie and grandma Sophie weren't worthless, no good inwards, and they certainly didn't deserve the afflictions and repeated conditions of hatred and neglect. When I saw pictures of grandma Agnes in her youth, she appeared to be happy and carefree. She was very pretty, and I wondered what she was like back then. During my visits, and when she wasn't looking, I studied her and imagined a different grandmother. I wanted to love her and feel her love for me, but her mind was made up. The things that happened to me at her house 
and the harsh words that were said are forever etched in my memory as they play over and over in my mind. To somewhat balance my past, I'm glad to have good and loving memories from the time I spent at Grandma Elsie's house. Mr. Walden said, A damaged and confused black granddaughter doesn't have to grow up to become a damaged and confused black woman. You can choose to be a good Christian, and that will cover all the bases. When we return, I'll share with you the next two books on my tote bag recommendations list. So stay tuned and keep listening right here on A Look Inside. All right, we are back. Thank you for staying on and listening to A Look Inside. Our next two books are a testament to the faith required to manifest and achieve whatever your life's purpose is. Be it tapping into a gift you were called to share with the world or motherhood, overcoming challenges or anything else. Let's start with what I think is a wonderful companion to have. Reverend Rita M. Henderson's book, 30 Days to Increased Faith. The purpose of this guide is to show you in the simplest terms how to increase your faith, attract God's attention, and achieve your dreams. The beautiful thing I love about her book is that it helps you to learn how to create new spiritual habits for those of you who consider yourselves Christian. This is not only a good starting point for creating habits that will increase your faith, but it's a good reference to have as well when you need daily reminders and scriptures to remain steadfast in your race. As Christians, God does admonish us to tap into the resources that he left for us when our faith is waning or when we're going through trials and challenges. Reverend Henderson has extracted some beautiful scriptural references to keep you on track to increasing your faith. Her book also includes some prayers to use when reconnecting with God and building your relationship with God, ascertaining God's will for you and your calling. Those of you who want to change your spiritual habits in 30 days and see what it does for your faith, your connection with God and your goals, This guide is a good start to get you there. You'll learn how to pray with purpose, intention, and meaning. 
You'll learn how to get through challenges and buckle down when those challenges get hard. You'll be challenged to do the work in order to achieve a higher meaning and calling of your life. Here's an excerpt from the book that I thought was profound. Dearly beloved, events all over the world in recent times are enough to discourage even the lion-hearted. Disappointments and discouragements are tools bringing fear that dampens our faith. This is the ploy of the enemy, and we must not fall for it at all. Are you in despair, unsure of what tomorrow holds, discouraged by the front, left, right, and center? Don't give up. Encourage yourself in the Lord, our God. He will see you through. You must develop a tough skin. Shifting your focus from the Lord is the foundation for discouragement and frustrations. For example, Elijah, a powerful and fearless prophet of God, got discouraged about life because of a threat from Queen Jezebel. But he went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life for I am not better than my father's. God sent his angel to minister to Elijah. This next book will put you through the challenge of faith over fear when it comes to motherhood and the will that God carved out for each of us. Two Miracles and a Blessing by LaVera Robinson is a personal testament that speaks to many of us especially if you're a mother or contemplating motherhood. It's even for those who've been trying for years to have children to no avail and for those who are paralyzed by the fear of being a mother. I think this book could be a guiding light for so many of us when it comes to having faith and trust in the fact that no matter what, God is in control and he doesn't make mistakes in leading us to the answers we need. Lavera also allows us into her childhood where she takes us back to her first feeling of abandonment, the bullying, the lack of self-worth for not being accepted that ultimately shaped how she viewed men or how she went out of her way to please others to the detriment of her own wants, needs, and feelings. She shares a powerful story that we can find ourselves relating to. She speaks of how the people in and out of her lives can be impactful on the type of people drawn into your lives as adults. It impacts your behavior, your decisions, your viewpoint. Yet, in all the experiences she shares, she redirects the reader right back to the powerful word that affirms each of us and reshapes us regardless of our backstory. Here's an excerpt that I want to share with you. During my teenage years, I was searching and trying to be accepted. And at the same time, a lot of my peers were having babies of their own. In my mind, 
they would have someone to love that would love them back. Although I didn't want to be a teen mom, the idea of unconditional love sounded good to me. Someone that would love and accept me for me. Who doesn't want that? Especially when you spend so much time searching for it. It wasn't that my immediate family wasn't supportive and loving, but it was the knowing that someone was capable of being present but wasn't that baffled me. Maybe I wasn't the easiest person to love because I wasn't more vocal. Being so young, I just didn't have a voice for my pain. But God has a funny way of giving us what we need when we least expect it. While I was still searching, God blessed my aunt to give birth to a baby girl. That baby girl would be the joy that I needed. She loved me so much and I loved and adored her as my own. I never wanted anyone to touch her, hold her, and take her. I wanted her near me at all times and her mother afforded me that opportunity. She always allowed me to babysit her. So most of the time, when you saw me, you would see her. I didn't want to abandon her. Oh boy. So here is where the fear of having a child and leaving them manifested itself. Coming up, the final book of the day, Diabetes Made Better by Danielle Batiste, when we return. Welcome back, listeners. We're going to close out the day with Danielle Batiste's book, Diabetes Made Better. Not only is our mental health and spiritual health important, but our physical health is important as well. Danielle Batiste takes us through her experience being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes in her 30s. Can you imagine living that long just to hear a diagnosis like that? Have any of you been in Danielle's shoes where you've lived a good amount of years and now life has thrown yet another curveball? The good thing about curveballs is that there's always hope. Danielle shares some valuable and insightful information on diabetes, providing statistical data and how to manage diabetes while at home or traveling. There's a wealth of information on which foods spike your blood sugar levels and how to balance a healthy diet and exercise plan to keep your diabetes under control. As she shares her story and knowledge that she learned through trial and error, 
she ends the book on a wonderful note with four powerful affirmations. I want to read an excerpt to you and her affirmations to close out this episode. Now, it took a few days because since my diabetes diagnosis, I became in tune with my body. Remember, I noticed right off the bat that metformin was blocking my sugar cravings, or at least that was what was in my head. I now know what people on alcohol and drugs feel like when they are fiending for something. I see how hard it is to fight these cravings, but you must have strong willpower. Trust me, I lost the fight in the beginning, but I put my mind over matter and refused to let cravings destroy my challenging work. It did for a minute because my A1C went back up to 6.2, which my doctor said was still good, but not good enough for me because I was at four. I worked my butt off to get back there and win the battle. Four daily affirmations. Good riddance to decisions that do not support self-care, self-value, and self-worth. I am the architect of my life. I build its foundation and choose its content. My ability to conquer challenges is limitless. Today, I abandon my old habits and take up new and more positive ones. Thank you all for listening in on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed my book recommendations. Coming up on episode three, I'll be discussing the following books. Trenches 1 and 2, September to Summer, Not Yet a Woman, and The Last Time. If you have a book you'd like featured on the show, or if you have a book recommendation, you can email me at gpbookreview at gmail.com. I will also include this information in the notes after the show. Until then, I'll say bye for now and hope you keep tuning in to A Look Inside.